Hey everybody, it's Miss USA 2008, Crystal Stewart, and you're listening to Life After the Crown with Tim Keith. Hey everybody, my name is Tim Tialdo, and welcome to Season 2 of the Life After the Crown podcast. Now, if you haven't had a chance to listen to any of the previous episodes, I do encourage you to go back and listen, because there are many valuable interviews that you will definitely gain some wisdom from. Now, for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, welcome and thanks for checking us out. Each episode of Life After the Crown, I interview former pageant contestants, title holders, and women of influence who share advice and stories on how to help you succeed in the world of pageants, but more importantly, how you can flourish in the professional world once your pageant journey comes to an end. As always, I appreciate you taking the time to download this podcast. I do value your time, and I'm glad you're here listening. So let's get started. My guest today was Miss USA 2008 and also a judge this past year at the Miss Universe pageant in Atlanta, and she judged Miss USA in 2016 in Las Vegas. She also hosted the Miss Teen USA pageant in 2009 and 2010. As a native from Missouri City, Texas, her win was a testimony to her dedication and years of hard work. After placing in runner-up positions several times, she finally won the title of Miss Texas USA on her fifth attempt before winning Miss USA. One of her aspirations after Miss USA was to become an actress. After moving to Hollywood, her goal came to pass as she was cast to star in the Tyler Perry sitcom For Better or Worse on the Oprah Winfrey Network, and has since held a principal role in TLC's Too Close to Home, and can be seen starring in the major motion picture Acrimony alongside Oscar winner Taraji P. Henson. She's also a heck of an athlete. She excelled in sports and won a silver medal in the 4x400-meter relay during the 1994 Junior Olympics. The University of Houston graduate is a fourth-generation educator and teacher. Although she is not currently teaching in a traditional school setting, you can find her teaching and training at her own school that she founded called the Miss Academy. It's the first-ever pageant training school educating young women across the nation on the ins and outs of pageantry while equipping them with the skills that will last a lifetime. Now residing in Houston, Texas with her growing family, she is also the owner and director of the Miss Houston pageant, which is currently the largest preliminary pageant in the country with over 100 young women vying for the prestigious title. Her experience in the modeling, pageant, and entertainment industries have not only enabled her to significantly improve her natural talents, but she puts these talents to use to help other young women to pursue their dreams and aspirations with confidence. Wow, um, I'm going to say that's a pretty good start to the show, Crystal Stewart. Did I scrape the surface of your unbelievable accomplishments there? Welcome to the podcast. Oh my God. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Thank you so much. Man, what an honor. Now, you have been a big part of the pageant world for probably, I guess, what, say, going on 13 years here between, you know, you just judged Miss Universe, you judged Miss USA a couple of years ago, you hosted Miss Teen USA, you won Miss USA. Um, I guess, where did it all start for you and what, you know, because I, I believe I watched an interview with you where you said you were self-admittedly a pretty big tomboy when you were a child. I was, and to be honest, it started all in the food court of the Houston Gallery of Mall, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> this ought to be a good story. I can't wait for this. <laughs> That's where it started. Okay, so a friend of mine, we're eating at the food court, and um, she was into pageants. She had her daughter in, a, in to, like small pageants um, for young girls. And she said, I think you should compete in pageants. And um, I said, um, absolutely not. <laughs> I just wasn't interested. I didn't really quite watch pageants, and I didn't think it was for me. And at the time, I was modeling, and I was happy with that. But after she kind of just pressed and probed and was like, come on, just give it a try. And I've always been a girl that I at least try something once. And if I don't like it, I just won't do it again. So I said, hmm, let's give it a shot. So we went and went to see different pageants. You know, there's different pageant systems and everything. And the one that stuck with me most was the USA system. Um, the Miss America system I thought was great, but there wasn't a talent that I could showcase because I was a track runner. So I'm like, unless you, you know, put a stopwatch <laughs> on the stage. Just run across the stage. <laughs> and watch me run across, exactly. So it wasn't quite for me, but the USA system just seemed to be just so prestigious and something that I would, you know, possibly aspire to be. Um, and so I said, why don't we give that one a try and let's start at the local level. So um, I then started, uh, my first pageant was the Miss Houston uh, USA pageant. And I was so excited. I was very new, very green, very fresh um, at it. So I didn't really, I feel like I didn't have anything to lose. And um, I went forward. I remember I had trouble with my swimsuit. I kept ordering it. And it would come in the wrong size to every, like, three times. So I'm this, my 
wrong size. It was about a 34, uh, I'm going to say like a 34B. And a double, a 36 double D would come in every single time. Wow. So at some point I had to, I know, so at some point I had to stuff my bra basically to fit it. And then sure enough, Dina ended up winning some suit for the Houston pageant that first year. <laughs> so anyway, so that it was, a, I was third one up in the Houston. And after that, um, the journey began. I ended up falling in love with it. And that's how I started. So from going to uh, somebody introducing you to it in a food court to um, what I read was you competed in Miss Texas USA five times all in, you know, different runner-up positions. You mentioned in Houston, we were third runner-up. That's that's a tough road to travel. I know a lot of girls go through it where, you know, they'll, they'll get into that top five year after year after year, but they never can quite get it. What keeps you going to finally get to the point where you win? Gosh, one thing about me, Tim, I can tell you, once I set a goal, I just keep going until I get there. Uh, until someone tells me to stop, or you just can't do it anymore, <laughs> or whatever. But once I set that goal, I just, uh, nothing can get in the way of me reaching it. So um, just remember, I don't know if you know, I did Miss Houston five times, never won it. You know, I never won Miss Houston. <laughs> yeah, never won it. But um, I was invited to compete at Miss Texas. And but each time I grew and I placed higher and higher. And then at some point I kept getting first runner up. And I remember my last year, I was like, you know what? And I told my mom, I was like, I don't, I don't think I can, that I want to do this anymore. It's just not for me. Um, I'm not going to win and I'll just move on. And she said, Crystal, that's something that, you, you know, you don't want to do it anymore. And um, that's your thoughts. That's fine. But if you're scared, that's a different story. Then we need to get up there and find you another dress and you need to get on that stage. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm, I'm afraid, actually. I do want to do it, but I'm afraid of losing again. And that's when she said, okay, let's go find a dress. Because I'm definitely not going to let you cop out of this <laughs> because you're afraid. So my mom pushed me to give it one last shot. It was my last year of eligibility. And um, one thing, another thing my father told me was uh, based off a of scripture in the Bible, and it says the race doesn't go to the swift, but to the one that endures. So to just keep up my endurance. And that's what I did after competing in 10 pageant competitions in total. My last year of eligibility to compete at the Texas USA, I won. Was that scripture from Ecclesiastes? I, I recognize that one. You know what? I believe so. Okay. Yeah, that's a great scripture. Believe so. So uh-huh. as you went through that process and, and finally did get to Miss USA, as you look back on all the years that you didn't win, what do you think it taught you the most? Oh, gosh. Basically to keep on going despite, you know, your trials and tribulations. I use it in life even today, the things that I have to go through, if there's some things that I wanted to accomplish, but, you know, taking some time to get there. It taught me patience. It taught me perseverance. And it taught me persistence. And that's... um uh, three P's that I speak about when I do any motivational uh, speeches or anything. Um, those three P's, that it, that's what it taught me. Well, the reason I ask is I, I do have a lot of women on the podcast who, um, and I think, I think I, I can think of three or four that I've had on where they have been runner-up in their state pageant two times in a row. And mm-hmm. a, a majority of those girls do end up walking away. Um, and I don't know if mm-hmm. it was for what you mentioned. Maybe it was the fear of losing again. Um, what would you say to them if you could talk to them? Keep going. You know, give it another shot. I knew with my last year of eligibility, like I said, I set a goal, and the only way I'll stop is if, someone, if I can't do it anymore or, you know, something was holding me back from it, and that would have been my last year of eligibility, but I would have regretted not at least giving it that one last shot and giving it a try. You never know. Everything is in timing, and I can tell you when I won, it was in perfect timing. Well, I actually talked to one of your judges from Miss Texas USA the year you won. Um, she's what? a yeah, she's a correspondent on Inside Edition now. Her name is Megan Alexander. Do you remember Megan? You know what? I'm not the best with names, Tim. No, that's <laughs> so totally you okay. Me a picture. Well, the reason mm-hmm. I bring it up is because she said on that podcast, she said, I remember when we judged Crystal Stewart and she walked in the room, we knew she was there to win. And it was a clear and obvious choice for us. It wasn't even a challenge. And so... Um, I think that speaks to, you know, what you're talking about is the timing was perfect. You probably felt incredible confidence in in what you were doing. And um, to your judges, it certainly showed. Um, You know, that year I felt the most confident ever. I mean, each year I would go, I would compete at Miss Texas. Um, I would change something physical about myself. So one year I wore contacts. My eyes are actually a naturally green kind of hazel color. Mm-hmm. And I felt like maybe it looks weird, you know, with my skin color. <laughs> and so I wore darker contacts. And then one year I made my extensions uh, really long. And each year they would get longer and longer. And 
I would change my hair into a different color and do uh, different expensive gowns. And my last year, I was like, you know what, Crystal, why don't you just be you, you know? So I wore my hair back in the ponytail. It was in a bun. Um, I wore actually my natural hair lens. I just had a clip in it to make it thicker. Um, I had sponsors that helped me uh, pick out a beautiful gown. And I focused on what I needed to focus on, mainly was my interviewing and communication skills. I was so focused on the physical aspect of the beauty pageant when that's not what it's all about, even though it's a pageant, it's a beauty competition. There's, you have to have um, depth and character in order to be a beauty queen. Uh, they want someone that encompasses all of those traits. So you're intellectual, um, you're um, a philanthropist, um, so not only physically beautiful, but on the inside beautiful as well. So once I got past all the physical things, um, I just said, okay, look, are you going to see my natural beauty? This is what I also have to offer that's bigger than uh, physical beauty. And so I worked on my communication skills, interviewing skills, and that made me feel more confident once I stepped um, on the Texas USA stage. Well, you mentioned your, your hazel eye color and your unique skin color. What is your background? Because you have a very exotic look that is very rare. I mean, you, you don't see it very often out there. What is your background? You know what? It's funny because people would ask me, um, Tim, like, oh, are you, when I was younger, um, are you mixed? And I didn't quite know what that was because I was young. So I asked my mom, I said, Mom, um, what, if, what am I mixed with? And she said, Crystal, so this is the answer she gave me. She said, you're mixed with black and black earth. That's what I'm mixed with. <laughs> so I'm pretty much, <laughs> so Tim, I, I, I'm pretty much um, full-fledged African-American. But I did find out um, recently, a pretty, like a month ago, my aunt on my father's side said um, that let's see, my father's great-grandfather was German. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, great-grandfather. So this is way down the line, but, uh, but maybe that's a little something with the funny eye color and the sandy um, hair. Uh, but otherwise, I am of African uh, descent. Very good. From very good. America. <laughs> so you go through this whole journey of Miss Texas USA. You finally get there. Now you get to go to Miss USA. I don't even remember where it was at this year, or that year. But talk talk about the experience and your mindset going in, and I guess what eventually led you to take the crown. Wait, Tim, I want to I want to know why you don't remember where it was. Was it that long ago? Well, they used to have it at like a lot more exotic locations, and now not so much. Yeah, no, my year was. uh, I'm joking with you. My year was Las Vegas. It was Vegas, uh, okay. Yeah, it was Vegas because I think that time, um, yeah, it was back to back in Vegas for a few years, I believe. So a lot of times, my friends that were winning before me, they would compete their first and second try and, and win, you know, and win with Texas and go on. One thing um, that I feel the journey, the path that God took me between um, competing multiple times at Miss Houston and competing multiple times at Miss Texas, it prepared me for that one shot <laughs> that I got at Miss USA. You know, with state pageants, you can keep trying, trying, and trying. But for the national title, you get that one shot. We were there for, I'm in Las Vegas for um, a week. And for Miss Texas at the time, it's not that way now, but we were there for a week as well. So I felt... Um, that was a time that I could practice my endurance. It's like running. You know, you run a mile one year, um, and after that you can do two, and after that you can do three because you're picking up your endurance and getting stronger and stronger. And stronger. So all those times I was competing at um, Texas helped me keep up that endurance and, and make it myself stronger. And once USA came around, um, it wasn't my first rodeo. So I was ready to rock and roll and, and get the crown. <laughs> and you did. <laughs> but and you, you definitely did. You know what? At some point, though, Tim, uh, I remember being behind the curtain, and they were about to to, to call my name. Um, they were on the state, uh, took a few states before me, and something came over me, and I said, you know, I'm like, I, I don't think I want to do this anymore. I don't know why I got afraid or something. I'm like, I just, I'm like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. And I heard a voice, and it said, it's not even about you now anymore so get out there and go get that crown so i stepped out and i said crystal stewart miss texas usa and left with the crown that is awesome i I love that so (laughs) you win miss usa um you go to miss universe now uh, i want to bring up something i know you probably don't enjoy talking about it that much but the year before miss universe rachel smith trips and falls in her dress you go to miss universe have the same issue but what i love about the whole situation is how you recovered and acted like it, it barely even happened. You know, I, and I know for a lot of women, that's, that's the most terrifying thing to think about when walking out on, <laughs> on the stage in an evening gown. 
Um, walk mm-hmm. me through it and just kind of, you know, what you took from it. I am going to walk you through this whole thing, okay? <laughs> so I'm behind the stage getting ready to call it out. I was excited that I was called as a finalist from the universe. And it was Jerry Springer, right? Uh, yeah, Jerry Springer. And I think he called the wrong name first. <laughs> and then he finally corrected it. And I step out and I do my pose. It was beautiful um, decor. And I would put my hand up and in the door and um, had a slight tilt to my pose and was ready to step out. So I took one step down. It was great. And I was ready to just do a powerful, graceful walk. Because one thing I felt I could do is, is walk. I mean, before I was doing pageants, I was modeling and doing runway shows. So I felt very confident in that area. I take my second step, doing great. I'm ready to rock and roll. That third step, I slip and fall. And it felt like I was on a, like roller skates. <laughs> and so I remember going through my mind. It, it was very quick. And I was like, did I just fall like on my bottom? It was like a cute <laughs> trip. It was, I, I just fell <laughs> at this universe. But I popped up and just started clapping for myself <laughs> and, um, and went strutting on. But for some reason, it still, I still felt like I was slipping as well. So the dress was caught under my shoe. And my dress was, um, you know, heavily beaded. And it just felt like I was on roller skates the entire time. So I could have fell again. So eventually I just kind of snatched the skirt from under my shoe and lifted it up and continued to walk with confidence. But it taught me a lot of things just about life in general. You know, no matter how hard you work, you may have some trials and tribulations and downfalls um, in your life. But it's all about um, how you pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and keep on going. And I thought that was a, a true test of my character at that time as well, Tim, because I could have handled it and cried and been sad and upset. Um, but I felt people were watching how I would handle this situation. I said, you know what, Crystal, um, uh, things happen. Um, there are more things that are going to happen in life. How are you going to handle this? And I stepped out as long as my family and my friends and my supporters were proud of me. Um, I was fine, so I stepped back out with a smile on my face, and now I can joke and, and laugh about it. Well, I do think it was a good analogy to, you know, your life in general and character of just, you know, when you get knocked down, pop back up, you know, keep coming. And mm-hmm. I think you did. Mm-hmm. I think you set a great example by doing so, and that's why I brought it up, not to say, hey, Crystal, you fell. <laughs> I oh, thought you just you did a really I'm good thinking, job. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's something to talk about. That was, you know, that's a big part of my pageant career. You know, I, I, I competed a ton of times. Uh, finally, Miss USA didn't get to Miss Universe fall. So that, that's not something I'm embarrassed about. Actually, I'm, I'm proud of the way um, that I handled it. Yeah. So you end up giving up your crown. I believe you crowned Kristen Dalton. And then you host Miss Teen USA two times in a row. Um, did you love that experience? Was hosting something you, you were excited about or was it just kind of part of the deal? No, that was fun. Um, I was very excited about hosting. I like being on all angles and sides of the pageant world. So I've hosted, I've judged, I've competed, I train now. So I don't think there's anything about, you know, too much about pageants. I don't know (laughs) on every angle of it, but hosting, seeing the winner, you know, beforehand, all the runners up and everything that was exciting to me. I'm like, Oh God, like I have this in my hand. (laughs) This is about to change someone's life, you know? It is a cool feeling. So looking at it, I've, yeah, it's a really cool feeling. So it was, it was really fun, and I was honored that the Universe organization asked me to do it. So a few years pass. Uh, they asked you to come back as a judge. So 2016, um, I guess right after IMG had, had bought Miss Universe, you end up judging that first pageant in Vegas, um, which Deshauna Barber won. Um, I, I, I'm interested to know, since, as you, as you mentioned, you've kind of seen it from all the different angles. When you sit down as a judge— what are you looking for? Because, you know, I know Miss Universe kind of has their criteria that they like to tell you, but, you know, as a person and an individual who has been through this and kind of seen it from all the angles, what is it that you really are hoping to see from a woman? First, if I can say, it's tough being a judge. You know, when you get to that level, all the young ladies are incredible. You start, you know, nitpicking. Like, okay, her ear is a little off, so maybe let me just... They're all intelligent, you know, all beautiful, so you start nitpicking. But one thing... Um, one main thing that I'm looking for is authenticity. Um, who's real? Who's relatable? So when I'm a judge, that's what I'm looking for. And then I'm looking for the whole package. Um, this young lady has to be able to go to a photo shoot. So she needs to be, you know, physically beautiful. But she also may be um, speaking at or um, uh, speaking at um, a convention. So she needs to be articulate. 
Um, and then after that, she may be doing a, a marathon run to support uh, Best Buddies organization, kids with disabilities. So she needs to be she needs to be philanthropic. Excuse me. So I'm looking for a young lady that um, encompasses all of those things. And to me, that creates the ultimate uh, beauty queen. And as you judged Miss Universe just uh, what seven eight weeks ago here, um, yeah. that was a that was a tough competition, you know. And it's I think it's a, you know a bit different when you've got fifty two or fifty one and you narrow it down to the top five. But when you've got was it ninety three ninety four countries, um, I'm sure you know going through personal interviews and just that preliminary part. Um, did you find it a lot tougher than it was just doing the national competition? Yeah, like you said, it's more girls. Now, this time, I've just did Miss Universe uh, preliminary pageant uh, before, um, a few years ago, um, I did it. But this time, I only did the final um, show. And um, it was difficult. The, girl, the competition was high. The stakes were high. The girls were beautiful. Um, they came with their A game. So it, it, it was difficult. But with Miss South Africa, it was something about her that just stood out. She was there uh, there to win. And I loved her leadership-type um, spirit. So I think we ended up with a great winner. But at that point, Kamini as a finalist would have been a wonderful Miss Universe, but it was uh, Miss South Africa's night. Obviously, Miss Universe was in Atlanta in a, in a unique venue, to say the least. I, I got to ask you this because it's speculation <laughs> out there, and I'm not into gossip and speculation, so I'm just going to ask you straight out. I know that you are okay. friends and, and uh, have a professional relationship with Tyler Perry. Did you have any say in helping that happen? Uh, yes, I, I did. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did help um, coordinate that to where it would be at Tyler Perry Studios. I remember getting a call um, from the president of the organization, which I'm very good friends with, uh, Ms. Paula Schubert. She's absolutely wonderful. And um, she was interested in having the pageant at Tyler Perry Studios. Um, but we were on a kind of a tight deadline. And um, I said, well, I think we, I think we can make that happen. <laughs> I know the head honcho. <laughs> yeah, so I, uh, yeah. So I made a quick phone call and uh, with 32 hours we were in Atlanta. That's amazing. And that's amazing. I filled the deal. Yeah, I filled the deal. And that Tyler Perry Universe pageant ended up at Tyler Perry Studios. Well, speaking of Tyler Perry, um, you wanted to become an actress after Miss USA. Um, it was a big career pursuit of yours. And uh, Tyler Perry was a big part of that. You've been in acrimony, good deeds, for better or worse. Um, how did that relationship develop? Or did you just meet him through doing castings? I'd be interested to know the story. Do you know that my husband introduced me to Tyler? Really? <laughs> We were, yes, we were at a restaurant, we were living in Los Angeles, and Max was at the restaurant, and he was always there, and he said, you know, there's always um, this African-American guy at the restaurant, and um, his name is Tyler Perry, and I feel you should, you know, meet him, because, of course, I was in L.A. pursuing acting at the time, and I said, okay, but I was like, I don't, I really wouldn't want you to bother him if he's there, I feel if it's, you know, at the appropriate time, if it's meant for us to meet, we'll meet. All right. Um, but my husband still took upon himself. We weren't married at the time. We were actually just dating. And uh, took upon himself to um, introduce me. He said, you know, um, hi, Mr. Perry. And I'm not meaning to disturb you because he was eating dinner at the time. He said, um, uh, Miss USA is here. This was in 2008 because I think I was there in 2009. Mm-hmm. So Miss um, USA 2008 is here. Would you like to meet her? And uh, Tyra is a very kind man, so he wouldn't say no even though he felt, you know, he just wanted his privacy. <laughs> sure. um, but he said, sure, you know, bring on over. And he did. And one thing he didn't know was that I was African-American. And so um, he looked and I think he kind of looked surprised. And he said, oh. <laughs> I'm like, okay, what was that for? And he said, um, hi. And he introduced himself and I introduced myself. And then he said, have a seat. And that's where our, our friendly relationship began. He was eating. I think I ordered something to drink and we were talking. And he asked, you know, why was I in L.A.? And what was I pursuing? And I said I was pursuing an acting career. And he had a new show coming out, which is for better or worse. And he asked me to audition for it. But you kind of hear that a lot, Tim, in, in L.A. It's like, oh, you know, talk to this person or this producer and yeah. I can get you an audition. And go for this. I kind of took it lightly. Um, but after we left, um, I did give my information. And uh, the casting director did contact me and set up an interview, I mean, uh, an audition. And I went in to audition for it. And Tyler called me himself. I remember it was on his plane, <laughs> his private jet. <laughs> You're like, wow. And, uh, yeah, exactly. And then he gave me, um, he said, you got the part for Leslie and for better or worse. Wow. And you'll be How filming cool. in Atlanta in a month. <laughs> so 
So it was very exciting and very cool. Mm-hmm. Did you, I, I guess it's probably hard to envision that you believed that's how your acting career would begin. I know. Exactly. You know what, Tim? I never really wanted to, I never, um, how do I say, I never dreamed or aspired to be an actress when I was younger. I, it, maybe I felt that was something um, that was unreachable. But pageants opened so many doors for me and it opened my eyes as well to different opportunities. I always knew I wanted to start a school and that's why I have moved academy. But um, it opened my eyes to other things. And one of it was acting because I received a scholarship from the New York Film Academy through winning Miss USA. They give you all these opportunities and it's so great. And I said, well, let me, let me try it. And I gave it a try. And before I graduated, yeah, I ended up meeting um, Tyler Perry and that's how I booked um, the job. But I never would have imagined it starting that way, but I'm happy it did. You've been in some, you know, some big films, obviously, the most recent one, Acrimony, in 2018. Um, what is, what's, what's the future look like in acting for you? Is it something you want to continue to do um, as much as you can? Definitely. I miss it so much. I was able to go to Tyler Perry's grand studio opening and being on the back lot again and everything. I was like, ah, I'm just itching to get back um, in front of the camera. But I keep getting pregnant, Tim. So when I, <laughs> my first baby, you know, uh, two years ago. So I had a job opportunity on a, uh, for a television show, but I got pregnant. And so I couldn't do it. And then uh, my manager called me uh, recently about another opportunity. But then like a day after it, I found out, I'm, you know, I'm pregnant again uh, right now. So. Congratulations, by <laughs> and, the way. Uh, a few months pregnant. Yeah. So and now I have to hold off again um, to start back my acting career. But I, hopefully, definitely you'll see me back on the television screen. Well, you are someone who is definitely known to have an entrepreneurial uh, background mindset. Um, you've got what, what we talked about earlier in the, in the opening, which is the Miss Academy, uh, which you are doing so much in pageantry beyond just what people see publicly, the judging and, and hosting and things like that. Can you tell everybody about the Miss Academy and, and what exactly you're doing with it? Yes, Miss Academy, to be honest, it started as a modern-day finishing school. So when I was teaching at um, Barbizon Modern School years ago, I said, you know what, I want a school like this, but I don't want it to be a modeling school. Because I feel like everyone can't be a model. You have to be a certain height, a certain size, and there's all these other factors that go into it. But I still wanted um, young women to, to learn the things that you learn in a, such a school, like makeup tips, um, hair styling, wardrobe, things like that. There were also some elements missing at a modeling school. So, for instance, communication skills, interviewing, um, just confidence boosters, um, etiquette, things like that. So I'm like, hmm, what type of school can I open? So I thought about an etiquette school. So I went to London, and I um, was certified in etiquette training. I was there for a few months to do that and um, started the Modern Day Finishing School, um, Miss Academy. Um, but since I pivoted um, not too long ago to pageant training because my target market was a certain age group. And with the finishing school, I was getting younger girls, which is great. But I really wanted to focus on that target market, which is about 13 to 27-year-olds. And the reason why I didn't originally start as a pageant training school, because I just wanted every girl to want to be a part of the school. If you want to do a pageant or not, I still want you to get the resources and tools that you can get from the school. But um, recently, I did pivot to a pageant training school, and that's when I was able to reach my target market and still teach the things um, that I wanted to teach because originally the school I got a lot of the curriculum and everything was based off of my experience in pageantry and modeling and entertainment but the core of it was pageants so so you know what Crystal look bite the bullet it's a pageant training school so we teach everything dealing with pageants so hair makeup communication skills uh, walking uh, wardrobe um, a lot of different things with some activities and uh, fun ways just to really get to know yourself and excel in the pageant world and um, life beyond pageants as well. Is it something you want to grow on a national basis? Do you like it kind of being there in Houston? What, what's your goal for it? The foundation of Miss Academy originally was to be franchised. Okay. So Miss Academy is a, uh, a franchisable platform. And um, the goal for myself and the investors is to uh, put it on a national level and eventually international level as well. Look at you thinking like a lady boss. Both already. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you got to think big. That's right. Got to think big. <laughs> well, I, I want to ask you about pageantry overall. So you have been a huge part of it for, you know, a, a decade here. Um, you've seen it from just about every different angle. Um, you were part of it, you know, back in the, the 2000s when, I, you know, the, at least the popularity from a television standpoint was a little more than it was mm-hmm. today. 
Um, do you like where pageantry is right now? Do you like what's happening with it? Um, I like where pageantry is today. I wish it was more socially accepted. So now there's sometimes there's this negative connotation with pageants that it's frou-frou or it's outdated. It's not. It's against women empowerment and female empowerment because girls are in swimsuits and things like that. Um, all I can do is talk about what pageants did for me, which was a lot. So when I hold informational meetings about Miss Houston, and I feel that's why Miss Houston has grown, um, to over 100 contestants because my passion about it, the things that um, I give the girls and I tell them what it can do for them personally. Even if they don't win the crown, you're going to come out with something, either more confidence, um, a bigger network, um, a friend. Uh, one young lady, after she competed, she didn't make, a, uh, make the finals at all. She came back into my office and said, Crystal, guess what? I was like, what? She said, there's a job I always wanted. Each time I would try for it, but this time I tried and I got it. I was like, well, congratulations. Like, what, was, what was the difference this time? And she said, you know, I feel it's just like this, this pageant experience. She said, not only did I enjoy myself, but I felt more confident in the interview room. I knew what to wear. I knew how to look. And I knew what to say because of the training that was provided through the Academy and the experience that was given to me at Miss Houston. So pageants can do way more than just give you a crown and a luxurious life, but it can also um, catapult the career that you want to have and just life beyond, beyond pageants. Well, there's no doubt that it, it preps, you know, so many women for, you know, professional careers and just, you know, handling life in general. Um, mm-hmm. The one thing I want to ask you, and I've talked to a lot of the girls who competed in this uh, last class that just went through uh, the USA system. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things uh-huh. that um, I would say a lot of them, I'm not going to say all of them, but a lot of them say they miss is that there is less of a concentration on the glamour aspect of pageantry than there used to be. It's more a little bit about story now than it is about the glamour. Um, and, you know, your name's being brought up in those conversations as someone as an example of who was incredibly glamorous. Do you miss that part as well a little bit? I'm a lot. So I love glamour. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel, I do, I love glamour, and I feel uh, beauty pageants should stick to um, glamour. It's a glamorous thing. It's a glamorous lifestyle. But just because you're a glamorous woman doesn't mean that you're not smart or intelligent or can't communicate, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't feel it's always about a story. Sometimes that's impactful. But um, I definitely feel a pageant should be glamorous. I love it. And the more glamour, the better to me. <laughs> well, you mentioned the Miss Houston pageant. You've obviously taken that over largest uh, preliminary in the country. That's saying a lot because it, to get 100 contestants, I, I know most states don't get 100 contestants these days. So what are you doing that's different from, you know, a lot of these state directors out there and what you're able to recruit in one town, 100 girls? One thing, I, when I first started this, or just the business in general, Tim, once it, first what I was doing was calculating and crunching numbers. How can I make money? How can I make more money, 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 money? And um, once I found, when I had that mindset, to me, the business wasn't flowing like I wanted it to. Once I changed that mindset to, you know what, how can I impact young women that I want to walk through this door? That's when it started to change for me. And I would see more girls come in and be interested because my mindset was more so on how can I encourage them? I can, how can I help them? How can I provide them resources and tools? So my main focus is each and every girl that walks out, um, walks in and walks out of this door, that they come out a better person and that I personally invest in their life, not only within the pageant world, but after. So some girls want to be models or journalists or become actresses and things like that. I try to help them with the resources and tools that I have. And really, again, focus on them um, intimately and personally. So I feel if we change that focus into where it's not just just a business, because it is, but just a business, I always feel if I keep it on the girl, which I treat them like my princesses, the money will come. And so once I change my focus, I feel that's when um, the business became more um, successful. Plus some little marketing techniques and things like that. But I, I feel the girls um, believe in me and they trust me because they see the passion that I have behind uh, the pageant. I'm not trying to sell them anything. I'm not trying to force it down their throat. All I do is tell my story and what it did for me and that I can do the same for them. Well, being that you have such a big name and face in the pageantry world, you've been incredibly successful at the local level in recruiting girls for a, a preliminary pageant. Uh, do you have aspirations to go bigger, you know, to maybe take on one of the states or even, God forbid, MUO? Is that something that's on your mind? <laughs> wow, I think MUO's done a great <laughs> job. And, 
right? And Gail is she's the state director for Miss Texas USA. She's doing a wonderful job. Um, like like I said, I, I dream big. You know, my goal was to win Miss Universe, not just Miss Houston or Miss Texas or Miss, you know, USA. My goal was to win um, Miss Universe. So my, my dreams and aspirations are big. I wouldn't object to it. <laughs> I guess you can say t- taking on um, a pageant in a larger level. But I feel when that time um, is here and it's time for that to possibly happen, um, I'll be ready for it. Well, that's, uh, that's good to know. I like that. We'll just leave the hint there. That's, that's great. Um, (laughs) One of the things I do love about you that I was reading about, um, in addition to all that we've talked about, is that you are somebody who, with all of the success that you have been uh, blessed with in your life, you love to give back. Everything from the, you are a spokesperson for breast and ovarian cancer, um, you donate to Best Buddies, we see abilities and other organizations um, that assist, you know, people with learning disabilities where does that come from for you? Because I think a lot of people, you know, of course, it's nice to say, you know, I want to give back. But a lot of times there is a, a backstory to that on why you give back or the or the motivation to give back. Is there one for you that sticks out? You know, ever since I was really young, I remember being in elementary school and um, I've always had friends and um, uh, very social, um, even not going to be actually very reserved, but um, I wasn't shy. I always had that, but I would um, look at kids and when I was you had um, uh, for lunch, you could say just brown or regular tables. And for kids with disabilities or handicapped, they had a blue table, you know. <laughs> so it really just stood out. And I would always go and I would leave my friends that were, they were actually, you know, pretty proper girls. I would leave my friends and I would go sit at that blue table ever since I was young. And in high school, um, I always would befriend someone that maybe wasn't as popular or had maybe a disability because that's just naturally what I wanted to, to do. You know, it, it was something in my heart um, that I just had a passion for. And just until this day, um, young people and adults with disabilities and learn, learning disabilities, I want to help in any way possible. So I think it was just something that was, um, that's always been in me, Tim. Um, and I don't try to showcase it too much. Or um, um, just throw out, oh, I was at this, you know, event. I donate a lot of my time to Best Buddies and We See Abilities, um, different organizations with um, helping people with uh, disabilities. So something I, I just feel like I've, I've always had that I'm passionate about. So as you look back on your journey through pageantry, you know, from the moment that you were in that uh, food court in the mall <laughs> to today, <laughs> yeah. um, mm-hmm. you know, why, what's the big lesson you've taken away from all this that, you know, as girls who are going through the process in the industry right now, you know, I think a lot of them are looking forward to and thinking, what is this going to do for me? What could you say it's done for you? Wow, everything. When I give a speech, I always say that God, my family, and pageants gave me the things that I have today in that exact order. Um, the husband that I have, I met him in Los Angeles. I would have never thought to move to Los Angeles to become an actress if I didn't do pageants. Um, I have my lovely daughter because of that and one on the way. The business that I have, I knew I wanted a school but wasn't quite sure of what I wanted. If I didn't enter pageantry, I wouldn't have had, I wouldn't have the pageant training school that I have now. Um, I wouldn't be the owner and director of Miss Houston. And I wouldn't have learned the things about myself that I learned throughout my pageant journey. I wasn't the most confident person um, as a young lady. My confidence grew more each year that I competed, even though you would think I would lose each year, that it would probably, you know, knock me down even more. But I grew more and more confident um, because I would pick myself up and go back at it again. So I learned that, you know what, you can do this. You are persistent. Um, Learn how to be patient in what God has for you in your life. Sometimes it's not going to come the next year or the next few months. It may take five years, which it took me, but it was the ultimate and best timing. So now I take that as I own my business or I want different things in life or for my daughter. I know how to be patient and wait and work hard for what I want and not stop despite what people would tell me. I had a deacon one time tell me that, you know what, Crystal, I feel that God told me you shouldn't um, compete anymore. And I'm like, God told you that? <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm like, he did? I don't, I'm like, oh my, what do I do with that? I don't want to go against God, you know? But one thing I have, which obviously I'm very much Christian, is I have my own relationship with God. And it made me um, really just rely on him 
because I had this wonderful woman that told me that she didn't mean any harm. I just had a lot of supporters that just wanted to see me succeed, right? And she told me that, or some people I would hear things, oh, she shouldn't compete anymore. She's not going to win. And some of my friends that loved me and they would see me cry after, you know, being disappointed. Okay, so why don't you try something else? You're good at this. You like fashion. Try something else. I had all of that in my ear, but I learned to trust in my own self, my gut, um, and my instinct, like, you know what, I still have that fire in my heart to just keep going. And if you still have that fire for something you're pursuing, it's there for a reason. That means to not give up. And that's what I stick up, stick, um, stick with. Well, you've certainly been an inspiration to so many. I have heard your name mentioned so many times when I ask girls who they look up to. And so just thank you for all that you're doing in the pageant world and just how you're setting a great example. Oh, thanks, Tim. Thanks for taking the time to, to hear my story. Yeah, well, I've got <laughs> one more question. Yeah, it, and it is, but mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's totally worth mm-hmm. it. i got one more question before we get into our get-to-know-you questions. And it's, it's something uh-huh. that, you know, you and I are incredibly involved in the pageant world in so many different ways. And I think we see it from a different perspective from most people. Um, as I see it, I feel like pageantry is getting ready for a resurgence. I don't know why I feel that way. I just I talk to enough people mm-hmm. and I see enough stuff going on behind the scenes that I feel like that. I'd, I'd be interested to know kind of how you're feeling about the direction of pageantry right now. Um, I think the direction of pageantry right now is at a traditional state. Um, we're used to seeing um, the traditional format. The girls compete in evening gown. They compete in interview and swimsuit. They do their final question. Um, you crown a winner. Mm-hmm. I feel pageant fans for years have watched it that way, and it's and it's been um, great. Institutional uh, format. I have ideas for the pageant that would be um, completely different. Still um, great for your pageant fans that have been pageant fans for years, but also people that really don't watch pageants or don't find them interesting. Um, I feel there's a way and a format to where everyone would be interested in the pageant world and learning about the experiences that these girls, young ladies go through um, their pageant journey all the way up to the final competition. So I think I love the tradition, um, but I think we can mix it up a little bit. I'll be interested to see and hear what those ideas are. (laughs) Well, thank you for sharing. (laughs) All right. So Mm -hmm. I've got 10 questions here for you. It's it's just a get to know you. It's kind of like a speed round. It's like Steve Harvey on Family Feud. We're just going to rip through it. um, Okay. Give the answers the best you can. There's no time limit or anything like that, but just answer it however you want. Are you ready? I am ready. (laughs) And by the way, I specifically made these just for you. These aren't generic. Number one. Okay, good. (laughs) Which was your favorite to shoot? Acrimony, good deeds, or for better or worse? Oh, oh God, Tim. I'm putting you you on the spot here. Can I have two? Yeah, sure. I'll I'll take two out of three. Okay, okay. But better work first for that five years with my, you know, wonderful co-stars and the of the relationship. So that was wonderful to shoot. Um, Acrimony was fun. I was on a fake yacht. So how was that not fun? <laughs> was that on a sound stage or was that actually the in the water? It was on a sound stage that had water in a big yacht. Like all put together. Interesting. <laughs> I didn't know, huh? So, yeah. So two. I have two. All right. Number two, judging Miss Universe, Miss USA, or hosting Miss Teen USA. Which did you enjoy more? Okay, you're setting me up. This is difficult. Um, Okay. Miss Universe, if I have to choose. Just to see these women come from different countries and just the top, you know, uh, most prestigious pageant in the world. Um, It was exciting. Yeah. Miss Universe. All right. Number three, I'll make this one a little easier. Who inspires okay. you? Who inspires me? This is so cliche. <laughs> it is, but it's so cliche. But I would have to say my mom. My mom, she really does. Um, she's just a strong, wonderful woman. Even when I'm down or upset or uh, discouraged, she always has the perfect quote or the perfect word to say to me. And actually, the second that my sister. My sister has had different um, challenges throughout her life, and she's actually adopted. Um, but I always forget that status with a baby. And um, she inspires me, just her resilience and her strength as well. So my mom and my sister. That's a good answer. All right, number four. Yeah. I know you've had a lot of great moments in your life, winning Miss USA, getting married, having kids. What would you consider the greatest day of your life? Okay, you're back to the difficult question now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, I have to say my daughter. So that was the the most um, precious time I think any woman or man, of course, like yourself, could imagine you holding your 
baby. But I feel that that's a, I mean, that's a no-brainer, right? So I would 100% agree. I mean, the day my daughter was born yeah. was definitely the greatest day of my mm-hmm. life. Yep. That's the greatest day. But um, second after that, I'll put it in order for you. How about that? Second was um, getting married uh, to my wonderful husband. And then third, uh, winning Miss USA. So, uh, okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know the answer to the next one just based on our conversation so far. But which do you think has been more rewarding overall in your life, competing in pageants or acting? Competing in pageants, yeah. for sure. Yeah, number, <laughs> by far. Num- number six, mm-hmm. when you were a child, what did you dream of becoming when you grew up? A teacher. Wow. I wanted to be, I did. I always wanted to be a teacher. And when I got a little older, I was like, I want to own my own business. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I wanted to own it. But now I can kind of, I'm doing all of that. I'm an yeah, I'd, say you're doing, I'd say you're doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> uh, number seven, what is one bucket list item that you still want to accomplish? I would love, and I feel this happens, right now, I'm more of a media though, I would want my first location of Miss Academy out of the country. So that's a, going yeah. international? Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, well, I would like for that. That would be something. Uh, my first, and we, we have some opportunities with that already, but my first, yeah, Miss Academy out of the country. Okay. Number eight, mm-hmm. what is the most interesting thing about you that most people probably don't know? Oh. Um, and where do you get these questions from? Because these are harder than pageant questions. That's the final question. <laughs> Uh, it's like God, top five uh, at Miss USA. You're like, wait a minute. Like, this, the really pressure is like, immense okay, here. <laughs> God. Okay, so what... A lot of research. That's where I get it. don't know about me. I feel like I'm an open book. What, what don't they know? for pageants all these years. What don't they know? That I'm a perfectionist. Maybe would know that. I'm a perfectionist. Okay. And I don't Number- know if it's the Virgo in me, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, That's I'm true. A, I'm Could a be. true diehard perfectionist, almost <laughs> OCD type. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. number nine, if you took over the Miss Universe organization tomorrow, what is the first thing you would do? Oh, um, the first thing I would do is possibly um, switch up the format a little bit of the show. Yes. And mm-hmm. number ten, in your experience, what was the single greatest part of being Miss USA? The single greatest part. You, you know, the one thing I remember. Can I say two, Tim? I'm just yeah, messing up your game. Right? No, okay. no, this is great. I love, <laughs> I love it when you expand on it. Okay, so um, two, two things. One was going to Vietnam. Um, that was my first time out of the country. I believe it or not. I thought I had a bullseye on my chest. Ever. To Vietnam. <laughs> so I thought I had a bullseye on my chest. Um, representing USA but um, once I arrived at the airport in Vietnam I was welcomed with open arms and just uh, uh, banners and just signs and it was so great and I had a wonderful 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 time I mean it was a time in Vietnam we were there for a month I remember forever Um, secondly believe it or not the president of the organization uh, Ms. Paula Sugar. I went on a trip with her to North Carolina and we ended up staying together. Normally we were in separate rooms, and I got this time we stayed together. And um, a lot of times the title holders, we don't get to travel with Paula a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's the president of the Universe organization, you know, the <laughs> busy woman. But for this one, it was for, I think it was an event for her brother's um, organization or something. So she was there and we stayed together. I woke up to um, her making breakfast for me. Pancakes. In the hotel and room? We talked, it, it, it was like a, um, some type of uh, house, I think, they rented. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was, I was like going to say, did she get like a foreman grill out and put some pancakes? Yeah, I was like, how did you do that? <laughs> so it was like a house, you know, multiple rooms, and we, okay. I was there and uh, her. And I don't think any other child to hold just me and her. And she made me breakfast. And we, t- I talk about that, and I tell everyone, I was like, I hope I'm the only Miss USA you made breakfast for. <laughs> <laughs> so that's her ongoing joke. She said, I haven't made it again yet because she probably would have, but she hasn't had that opportunity to travel like that with them. So, uh, But I'm still holding on to it that I, I feel I need to ask her. I'm still the only Miss USA she's made breakfast for. But that's something I remember because it shows this powerful woman um, still, um, still very nurturing and caring um, as well. And so to wake up to breakfast from Paula Shugart, that's something I'll remember too. <laughs> well, that doesn't surprise me, you know, and getting to know her the last couple of years. I mean, she just, she does, I, I know the you know, the whole pageant world, you know, always has critical things to say because she makes the decisions. But, I mean, I've seen her yeah. to be a, a very, very giving woman. And 
and uh, that, that's Very not giving. surprising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very giving. But remember, yeah, she still is the president of the, you know, the university organization. There's some decisions she has to make that may be difficult. Um, but she does it for the best interest of the pageant world and for the business. But again, to see that side of her, her, you know, cooking for me, I could have made my own food, <laughs> you know, <laughs> she decided to do that. And to see that side of her was um, daring to me. And I just really appreciate it. And since then, we've had uh, really a great, great um, relationship uh, to this day. Well, Crystal, your high stakes, high pressure 10 questions are done. Congratulations. Thanks ah, for answering. Thank you. <laughs> Taking you back to 2008, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> no, they were great, great questions. Thanks, Tim. So uh, where will we be seeing you in the near future here? I know you're pregnant, so you're going to be obviously having a baby here in July, but uh, upcoming projects that we should be looking out for you on? Wow, besides the steam in its delivery room, um, <laughs> <laughs> the next time you'll see me, let's have the Houston pageant coming up in April. So we're really, really excited about that. Last year it sold out twice, uh, both nights. So we're excited about the upcoming pageant. Um, we're doing a big launch for some things at Miss Academy. So stay tuned to that on the MissAcademy.com website. And um, hopefully after the baby, I can kickstart my um, acting career again. So maybe by the end of the year, you'll see me on a television screen. (laughs) Well, that is exciting. Um, I really do appreciate your time today. I I am honored that you would come on. I know that you are super busy and uh, someone that a lot of people are asking for your time from. So the fact that you take an hour of um, your time for me, I'm really appreciative of that. Thank you. Thanks, Tim. It's been really fun. This is great. Great, great, great. Thanks so much for having me. I feel honored. Thanks for listening to today's episode, everybody, and to Crystal Stewart for her time. Now, if you want to learn more about what Crystal is doing, you can go check out the two websites that we mentioned there during the podcast, MissAcademy.com and MissHoustonPageant.com. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast. You can do so on Spotify, iTunes, the podcast app, YouTube, Google Play, or you can just go to LifeAfterTheCrown.com. And for weekly podcast updates, just follow me on Instagram, at Tim Tialdo. Until next time, remember the words of Romans 12.2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Have an awesome week, everybody. 